We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. The Oracle Network. Welcome to Yule Crime, where we discuss the funny, strange, and obscure crimes of yesteryear. I'm your host, Lindsay Valenti, and with me is my sister and co-host, Maddie Stengel. Hello. Well, hello there. How are you? I'm good. Got outside? Yeah, spring has sprung. I just came from outside and I was like, oh, this is fine. And then my nose is like, (laughs) no, it's not. (laughs) So um, I might be a wee bit sniffly for this episode, unfortunately. That's okay. Sacrificed. I sacrificed it to see the sun. So this week, we are going to continue Wicked Mock Madness, and we will be discussing Alice Alce Young. Ooh, it's a good name. Mm-hmm. Is she a good or bad person? <laughs> good. Okay, good. Yay. I like her yep. name. Yep. Information was pulled from the following sources, a 2021 Connecticut History article, a 2019 Hartford Courant article by Norma Buchanan, 2019 Legends of America article by Beth M. Caruso, 2017 Wednesday's Women article by Sandy Levins, 2014 Damned Connecticut article by Ray Bendisi, 1904 Hartford Courant article by Annie Elliott Trumbull, Find a Grave, and three links on genie.com. Nice. And links to all these articles will be included in the show notes. It isn't just Europe that tried and murdered witches. Obviously, we know about the Salem witch trials. Mm-hmm. But who was the first person ever accused of being a witch in the New World? Specifically, the original 13 colonies. Ooh. That Uh-oh. sad distinction belongs to the woman we'll be discussing today. Okay. Alice Young, who was also known as Aksa, Aksa, and Alsa, was born in Goodiston, Kent, sometime between 1600 and 1601 in England, to parents Robert Stokes and Alice Haynes. Because Uh there was no, like, standardized grammar for names, that's why she's Mm -hmm. got so many different spellings of her name, because it's just kind of all over the place. And weren't letters... Use differently. Yeah. Kind of like how ye is actually the. the. <laughs> yeah. But we ignore it because it's fun. It's more fun. It's funner. It's funner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I reject that knowledge and substitute my own. <laughs> right. America. America. It's my favorite thing to do. <sighs> Very little is known about her youth. But we do know that she married her husband, John Young, on September 5th, 1639, in Alfred, Lincolnshire. Obviously, that's still in England. Yep. Based on her daughter Alice Young's birth date, we can assume that Alice and her husband arrived at Massachusetts Bay Colony either late in 1639 or in the spring of 1640, as Alice is listed as being born in Springfield, Massachusetts. Which today is Hampton County. Okay. The small family settled in Windsor, Connecticut, 
where John bought a lot on Backer Row in 1641. He also purchased a 40-acre plot of land on the Farmington River just across from his home for farming. I don't know why, but I'm picturing like a modern day cul-de-sac, you know? I know that's not true, but it's like, yeah. I'm buying property in this safe little cul-de-sac in Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically he bought like two lots across from one another that were divided by a river. So literally a river oh. runs through it. <laughs> Dang. So he's like, I can see my land from my land. <laughs> Make sure my land's secure. Yep. By looking outside my giant bay window in my cul-de-sac. <laughs> yep. John was also a carpenter by trade. So he kind of... Nice. They said he was a landowner. So I don't know if he like rented out his lot to like farmers or if he actually farmed it himself. It didn't really say. Well, if he's a carpenter by trade and landowner, I would assume it'd be probably renting. Mm-hmm. Especially 40 acres. Mm-hmm. If he owned, like, that's a lot of land yeah. to manage yourself. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm assuming he just kind of, like, parceled it out and was like, here, you can have this section and you can have this section. And and I'll take all of your vegetables and give you two back. Yep. I just want a percentage of your crops. Yep. Thanks, bro. I just want a cornucopia <laughs> filled, with, filled with things. Filled with vegetables. There are no records that have survived to indicate what exactly was the cause for Alice to be accused of witchcraft, but historians have their theories. Alice came from London, while the majority of those who settled in Windsor had arrived from the West Country of England. So her customs and manner of speaking would have been much different from those of her neighbors, which may have made Ooh. her a target depending on like what those customs were. She's too were. loose and demonic. Maybe. She's too city for us rural folks. Yeah. And city equals devil. There's a lot of loose morals in the city. So many. Allegedly. Too much sugar in the tea. Mm-hmm. The most obvious theory falls within the capital crimes decreed by Connecticut's colonial government. In 1642, the Puritan colonists had 12 capital crimes, of which witchcraft was one. Okay. As we know, Puritans governed based on fate such as the following mm -hmm. biblical passages. Exodus chapter 22, verse 18, Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. And so Leviticus chapter 20, verse 27, A man also or woman that hath a familiar spirit or that is a wizard shall surely be put to death. It's interesting that out of, is that why their Bible was so long? Is it just was redundant <laughs> passages that said the same thing in different places. Well, you got to remember that <laughs> everything was written by different people. So I know I'm sure a lot of it. Yes. A lot of it is repeated. Nobody proofread. No, they were like, this was no. my, this is my book and you can stitch it next to your book. No edits. No, no. edits. I also believe that. And I also wrote it. And, my, and Leviticus sounds cooler. <laughs> they didn't have copy editors back then. <laughs> the old editor. <laughs> in looking at town records from Windsor during that time, it was noted that an epidemic of some form was sweeping through the town, likely uh -oh. influenza. And as has so often been the case in the past, she may have been made to be the scapegoat for so much death. I wonder if she was a healer and tried to... Tried to help people out. That would be a pretty solid theory. Mm -hmm. 
Like, hey, I hear you're sick. Have this soup from the vegetables of my husband's garden. Yep. And they still die. And now she's a witch. Or here are some herbs that you should drink in some hot tea. Mm. They'll make you feel better. And Here's they still a tincture died. to put in your eye. Mm-hmm. Put it in your eyes. <laughs> Here's a salve to lather all over your body. The Matthew Grant Diary, which is also the old Windsor Church record, notes that the mortality rates in 1647 were significantly higher than the year before. Add to that the fact that several important families in town were affected, and it should come as no surprise. (sighs) Yeah, if you're important enough and rich enough, you're not supposed to die or get sick. You're technically supposed to be immortal. Yep. Them's the rules. 27 people died in 1647, compared to the six that had died the year before. So, quite a bit more. That does suck. Yeah. Included in that number are two of Minister John Warham's children, as well as the child of the town doctor, Bray Rossiter. So, those are some of the important people that died. Like, important people's kids. Yeah. And you can't mess with kids. Mm Mm-mm. That'll... That'll do it. And when it comes to kids, you need something to blame. Yep. Another theory is, unfortunately, greed. What? I know, right? In the 17th century, inheritance could only pass via males. Women were not allowed to inherit. Alice had only given birth to a daughter. If her husband happened to die before her, his property would go to the community. Oh. Yeah. And he had 40 acres of land. Ew. This theory seems rather unlikely, though, given the fact that her husband was still alive at the time of her trial and execution. So, what if they like tried to do a sneaky murder? Maybe it's a sneak a coup. Dirt, dirty. <laughs> a coup dirty. in the coop. <laughs> dirty. Which persecution wasn't a new concept for people. Many of the Puritans nope. who settled in New England feared that the indigenous peoples of the area practiced demonic rituals. So, of course, people were already paranoid. Right. Alice Young was hanged at the gallows in Hartford, Connecticut on May 26, 1647, a full 45 years before the Salem trials would take place. It's crazy. At the time of her death, it's believed that Alice would have been 46 to 47 years old, and her daughter would have been six or seven when she was hanged, and her husband was 47 years old. There are two notations that have survived regarding the witch trial of Alice Young. One is from the diary of John Withrop Sr., who noted in the spring of 1647 that, quote, one blank of Windsor arraigned and executed for a witch in Hartford, end quote. And the blank isn't like a slur. There was literally just like a blank space. Like he wasn't going to write the word or something. Because then he'll turn into a witch. That's what happens. It's like a wind that blows into your face and now suddenly you're a witch. Yeah. So I'm assuming the name was either lost, he didn't know it, or he just did not want to write down the word witch. I think he probably didn't want to write that word down. Yeah. Knowing how like how easy it was to for people to like use your diaries or journals against you. Like that mm-hmm. was kind of like top tier evidence mm-hmm. of that age. So I can see why he'd be like, you know. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna skip that word we're gonna keep this vague yep 
The other record comes from the old Windsor Church record, which was found in the late 19th century. Historian John Hammond Trumbull noted that Matthew Grant wrote on the inside cover of the record, Alce Young was hanged, May 26, 1647. So those are the only two mentions of her being hanged. Mm. The exact location of the witch trials themselves is unknown. And here's the kicker. Alice wasn't the only one to be tried and killed. Ten other people were put to death for witchcraft as well. Eight women and two okay. men. But she was the very first one to be hung. Okay. So that's why she's so significant. Mm-hmm. She's lucky number one. Yep. Someone has yeah. to be. I guess. Windsor was the spark that ignited the witch fever that would eventually spread through the New England colonies. From Windsor, it moved to Wethersfield, Hartford, New Haven, Fairfield, and other settlements in Connecticut. Massachusetts Bay Colony, which is where Alice's daughter had been born, would execute its first witch in 1648, so a year after Alice herself was hanged. Okay. Three more would be executed before the Salem trials started in 1692 and 1693. All told, 20 people have been put to death before Salem ever happened. Dang. And a lot of people don't know about that. They just know about Salem because that was the yeah. most well-documented. They assumed and... Salem was the first. Yeah. I mean, I assumed Salem was the first. I did too. Mm-hmm. Although if you say, no, there were people before, it's like, oh, yeah, that checks out. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They didn't just magically stumble upon witches. During that exact moment in time. Yeah. The location of the gallows has been widely contested, with some believing that it may have been near the old state house, which at that time in history was likely the Meeting House Square or Hartford's Old Town Green. This is a popular guess, as there was a jail located in the northwest corner of the square, and that's also where the stocks and the pillory were located. That makes sense. Keep it all in one space. Mm Mm-hmm. And close for, like, events. Yep. (laughs) So you can watch. Minister William DeLoss Love, who is a historian that wrote the book The Colonial History of Hartford, believes that the actual hangings took place on a hill near Albany Avenue. But no records have survived to verify that claim. Like, he's, like, the only person that's like, hey, I think it was here. But to his credit, a lot of other gallows were on hills at this point in time and, like, later on in history. So it... There is some I, logic there. Do you know why? Was it just so the blood would run down? Probably because they didn't want that in town. Yeah. And it would probably be easier to see it if it's... Oh, so people can still watch without mm-hmm. being close? Mm-hmm. Gross. Yeah. That makes sense. So that's just my my assumption of why they did it that way. And if that's where they were burning too, you wouldn't want all that in town. You'd want that to be outside of your town if you were burning people at the stake as opposed to hanging them. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Still others believe the gallows were located at where Trinity College sits today. But for everyone who thinks that, there are just as many historians claiming that can't be the case. No one really knows. That's the the main the main thread is that no one knows. Yeah, there (laughs) there was no yield. Google Maps car. Yeah. <laughs> Taking photo- <laughs> panoramic beep, photos. Beep, beep. <laughs> the gallows were here. <laughs> Following Alice's death, John sold his land in Windsor two years later in 1649 and relocated to Stratford, Connecticut, 
where he passed away on April 7, 1661, after several months of sickness. He was buried on April 8, 1661, and left no will. Oh. But there is conflicting information about John, because it may surprise you to learn that the name John Young was pretty popular. Yeah, I feel like there might have been a few. Hundred thousand. Yeah. (laughs) Another death date is listed as May 27th, 1647, at the age of 47 which means he would have died the day after his wife. If this is the case, does that mean he could be one of the two men that were put to death? Could be. Because it was noted that the two men who were executed were hanged alongside with their wives. Okay. So. Well, and they hung her child too, didn't they? No. Oh. No. Okay. That's good. And that's a good transition. Alice Young, the pair's daughter... (laughs) married a man named Simon Beeman in Windsor, Connecticut, on December 15th, 1654, at the age of 14, 15. Gross. That was I know that's how it was. I know that's how it was, but it's still me. Yeah, it's still gross. Simon hailed from Springfield, Massachusetts, and the two settled there after their marriage and had a whopping 12 children. (sighs) And she didn't die during childbirth of any of them? Nope. Only one of the children died young. Okay. She was absolutely, her mom was absolutely a witch then, because that's, <laughs> I don't know how that's possible. Because <laughs> she started at like 14, 15, have 12 kids and not die once during childbirth. That's insane. Oh, man. That is a strong woman. Yeah, no you, kidding. You go, Glenn Coco. Wow. Incredible. Good job. According to Genie.com, Simon, her husband, was born in England and 25 years old at the time that he and Alice married. So that's kind of gross. (laughs) He was at least a decade older than her. That's so gross. Young Alice herself was also accused following her husband's death on March 1st, 1676. 30 years after her mother had been hanged for witchcraft, the newly widowed Alice found herself accused of committing the same crime in 1677. It's because of all those kids. Probably. They're like, everybody, how did you have everybody's all these like, kids? How did she do that? How did she do that? It's, it's witchcraft. Like Rip- Ripley's Believe It or Not. She had 12 <laughs> kids and didn't die. <laughs> She's a witch. What is happening? <laughs> Tell us, Dean Kane. <laughs> Good genetics? Nope. Witchcraft. <laughs> Genetics don't exist. (laughs) It's the devil. (laughs) She was not executed, however, as one of her sons sued the accuser and the charges were dropped. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Why didn't more sons do that? Right. Be like, I'm sorry. You're coming after my mama? I don't think so. I will sue you. Sue you to the Alice passed away on October 5th, 1708, at the age of 67 or 68. Dang, that's a good age during that time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Her husband, Simon, was 46 to 47 at the time of his death when he passed. So about half of her life. Mm-hmm. Not even, like, yeah, they didn't really spend a lot of time together. Mm-mm. Just popping out children. I wonder if after the last yeah. one, he was like, I got no more left in me. He died. <laughs> he died during childbirth. <laughs> he was like, and I'm done. 
<laughs> there are no more fruit in my loins. <laughs> I... <laughs> yep. Sorry. Sorry, descendants of <laughs> of Simon Beeman. I bet you guys have great genes. Oh my god. Real hardy Just people. The best immune system ever. Hardy Massachusetts stock. Yeah. The real identity of America's first witch wasn't revealed until December 3rd, 1904, when it was published in the Hartford Courant under the headline One Blank of Windsor by Annie Elliott Trumbull, the daughter of historian James Hammond Trumbull, mm. who also happened to be Connecticut's first librarian. Fun fact. Oh, what a fun family. Right? 360 years after her execution... Alice Young was officially pardoned by a unanimous resolution of the Windsor Town Council in February of 2017. Mm. And today you can find a red brick in a large circle at the north end of Windsor's Town Green amongst hundreds of various Windsorites that reads, quote, Alice Alce Young, witch hanging victim, May 26th, 1647, end quote. Dang. And that is the very short story of Alice Alce Young, America's first witch. It was a good one, though. Yeah. Like I said, it was I really wish, hard to I find stuff about her. I wish we could have learned her. more. Yeah. Yeah. I wish we could have learned, like, what exactly the charges were and who the accusers were. That's why it's unfortunate that none of the trial, the trial transcripts survived. Like, mm -hmm. there were other witches that were their trial information was preserved mm -hmm. but i kind of wanted to make sure she had her own story instead of like diluting it with yeah. the stories of others not that i don't plan to go back and cover them as well at some point but oh absolutely i wanted to make sure she had her time in the, the spotlight yeah more than just a red brick yeah exactly mm -hmm. hello twisted humans do you find yourself wanting to know more about the latest murder conspiracy cults or haunting then this is the podcast for you we're bringing the most intense stories that'll keep you up at night he was found guilty of voluntary manslaughter and felonious assault but he was only sentenced to five months of probation and this would be the last time that anyone ever saw Fiona. Uh, there are allegedly two women who also drowned in the first class pool. Was this the same glowing green that they'd seen in the darkness the night before? He had refused to sit near the wagon cloth because of stains on it, which were most likely blood. Join us every Tuesday for a glass of wine or sangria and a dose of true crime. I'm Alicia. And I'm Sierra. And this is Twisted, Twisted and, and Uncorked. This week's podcast plug is the Twisted and Uncorked podcast by our friends Alicia and Sierra. The pair are best friends from Nashville, Tennessee and Vancouver, Canada that share stories that are either unsolved, conspiracies, disappearances, or hauntings every Tuesday. They also share a new wine or sangria recipe each week as a nice pairing for every case they cover. Nice. So if you like to hear stories that are a little twisted, I encourage you to check out Twisted and Uncorked. <laughs> Just a little. They're going to be twisted. They're going to be twisted. They're going to be <laughs> <It's> twisted. <crime. laughs> so we'll have a link to their show in the show notes. Awesome. This is a fun question. Oh, no. So John from the Dumbfound Dead and Reddit on Wiki podcast mm -hmm. wants to know, what cases you've covered would you like to see turned into a musical? Oh, snap. 
right? The animal trials. I knew you were going to pick that. I mean, how fun would it be to have like a whole song dedicated to the bull weevils? Like, we can't read. We can't read. Guess we're going to stay here. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a bunch of people in weevil costumes, like eating grapes. While these we like, didn't monks... know they were holy. <laughs> While these monks like chase after them across the stage. And then the pig has like this this like really intense ballad like you did not feed me, so I ate your baby's face. <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> it was delicious. <laughs> It kind of tasted like me. (laughs) Uh, Cannibalism. Love it. (laughs) Yeah. It'd be super messed up. It would have to be done by the same people that did the Mormon one. Oh, yeah. The South Park creators. Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Yeah, I think they'd be the only ones that would actually... Do it justice. Yeah. I, I say that... But, like, I'm sure there are plenty of other, like, really incredible playwrights and musical talents that can do it, but... You don't I think... Don't, I don't want a fucking Lin-Manuel Miranda rap I was, I was just in that musical. Say, I was just going to no. say... What about... The Rock Lin-Man. cannot be the long pig. <laughs> <laughs> He's the cow. The Rock can, is not cast as the pig. He's the cow. He's one of the... He's the lead head weevil. Cause get it? Cause he he can rock and roll <laughs> like Weevils. <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson in his greatest role yet. Head Weevil. Head Weevil. <laughs> Premiering this fall on Broadway. Tm tm tm. <laughs> Animal trials. <laughs> oh man, it'd be so messed up. It would be. Okay, what's yours? <sighs> No, I don't know. Is that so? Well, did good? you want to take that one too? No, I need something. I need something original. Because it'd be kind of fun to do like the the tof- was it Tofana, Aqua Tofana. Yeah, I'm going to poison your children and your <laughs> husband because they're annoying. <laughs> it's just like a an Isma looking lady. It's just a one woman show. I'm going to look up what we did last year. It's just a one-woman musical about this woman poisoning a bunch of people. Mm. And it's weird because I'm looking at these and I I have forgotten some of these episodes that we've covered. <laughs> like, I know. What? I had somebody, they were like, my favorite episode is this one. And I was like, what I one? remember this. <laughs> yes. Thank you. That's great. And it's even worse for me because I didn't research it. So, like, <laughs> It's just brain candy to me. It's a, in one ear, out the other. The mini coffins one could be interesting. That could be cool. Or, I, oh my God, cool, oh my like, God. I take it back. I take it back. I want a musical about the the Bone Wars feud. That would be hysterical. Yeah. Yep. I feel like the mini coffins would be better suited as an animated Tim Burton movie. Yes. Yes, because the the figures in the coffins themselves were kind of already kind of Tim Burton-esque in like how they were dressed and stuff. So that would easily transition Mm -hmm. to a Tim Burton type short. So And like the 
that setting where they were located too could be very dark and gloomy and yeah under arthur's seat in like the the wet highlands of scotland Mm -hmm. yeah if someone makes that you have to give us credit TM, TM, TM. TM. <laughs> <laughs> this whole this whole podcast episode is trademarked. Yep. We'll find a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. I'll find someone. I know someone, but she won't do it. That's not her that's not her jam. She'd be like, no, that's dumb. Stop. That's dumb. I'd be like, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I'll give that to you. You're right. Yeah. Checks out. All right. Well, what's something good you'd like to share? I went outside today and didn't die. Yay. I'm so like, so my job, we've been super, super busy and we've had a couple of nice days this week, but like a lot of the snow and ice still wasn't fully melted. Mm -hmm. And so by the time I would be able to go on a nice walk, everything was ice again. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, like I really want to take the dogs on a longer walk again so today right before we recorded i um i took willie on a walk because my partner was going to take his dog later i think he's taking him now willie immediately knew the path to the park again we have like, mm-hmm. this wildlife refuge park and he was like hell yeah we're gonna sniff the shit out of this mm-hmm. and so we spent many a times like rushing and then dead stop so he could sniff the area mm-hmm. and then rushing and dead stop. So it was really nice because Willie's tail never stopped wagging and he was smiling Yay. the whole time. Yay. So, But it was a good, we came, we turned around at the right time. Like he wanted to go farther, but his tongue was pretty far out of his mm-hmm. mouth at that point. So I was like, we got to go back. You got to get some water. And then we can go back out. So yeah, we're going to go after the podcast again. And then my allergies are going to hate me, but I don't care. You're going to wake up nice tomorrow to sun. and be like, I can't see. Just my eyes are swollen shut. Swollen. Everything's, everything's closed out. Mm-hmm. Yep. What about you? What's one good thing? Mm, I've been getting outside every week that it's been nice this week. Every day? Mm-hmm. Even if it's just like a little bit, like a few minutes. Yeah. And I'm trying to learn how to one wheel so that yeah mm-hmm. your daughter told me that the last time we saw each other yep that you were you were more amenable to it and you were gonna try to do it more yeah but i understand your reservations it's scary like it is scary your your husband fell off and got really injured so mm-hmm. yeah for people who have no idea what the hell i'm talking about it's not a unicycle <laughs> no That'd be hilarious. Could you imagine your husband on a unicycle? (laughs) Six foot crazy man. Everybody would be like, oh my God. (laughs) What is happening? (laughs) What is that? (laughs) Is the circus in town? I don't understand. (laughs) It's it's basically a skateboard that has a motorized wheel in the center of it. Hence the name One Wheel. And based off how you position and move your body while on it that determines how fast and how slow you go on it if you're braking yeah if you're braking or if you're accelerating so i've been trying to get more comfortable doing so it's that kind of, it's about like balance is it kind of ba- like surfing then a little bit a little bit you know because you have balance. to you have to keep your balance and you don't like necessarily shift all of your weight from side to side you like 
shift your shoulder forward or like shift your butt forward. So it's kind of like all in the hips a little bit. Like you shift your butt back if you're trying to slow down. Do you think hula hooping would help? Like if you hula hooping on the side? Maybe. Kind of fun. Because my my goal is to, if I can kind of, I'm not going to master it by the end of the summer, but if I can get more comfortable doing it by the end of the summer, then hopefully in the winter next year, when snowboarding season comes around again, I'll be a little bit more confident in trying to learn how to snowboard because I will have gotten better at balancing Mm -hmm. on something that is pseudo stationary, that I am not like using my legs to propel it forward, if that makes sense. Right. It's just the one one board because mm-hmm. we're used to like rollerblading and bikes mm-hmm. where you use two legs and like you still use your legs but it's a different it's a totally different concept yeah they're more stationary they're not the mm-hmm. thing that is propelling you forward yeah well, so yeah luck. i haven't fallen yet i did get guards for everything so i have been wearing yeah the full guard setup knees elbows and wrist guards and my new helmet nice. should arrive this week. So I'll have my own nice. kit. You're good. Well, good luck. Thanks. Well, on that note, let's shut her down. Okay. You can find us online at yieldcrimepodcast.com. We're also on Twitter at yieldcrimepod and on Instagram and Facebook at yieldcrimepodcast. We're also on YouTube. If you'd like to send us something in the mail, our P.O. box, like I said, has been very lonely. I checked it yesterday and it was very sad. You can write to us at Yield Crime Podcast, P.O. Box 341, Wyoming, Minnesota 55092. You can also email us at yeoldcrimepodcast at gmail.com. There is the E and old. If you do not include that, it's not going to come to us. You can send us your Mm. questions, your story ideas, animated GIFs. Yeah, just your general inquiries. Yeah. A great way to support the show, if you'd like to help us out but can't do so financially, would be to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Good Pods, or leave us a five-star rating on Spotify. Mm -hmm. And this week's review comes from Apple Podcasts, and it's from user Hell Mel of the Cold Truth Podcast. And they say, well, if you get the wrong kind of wind, which is one of my quotes, (laughs) <laughs> from the the first crematorium episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's what that's Got from. Got it. They say, you guys have great chemistry. The ability to keep old true crime fresh and interesting is not an easy task. Mad props. Thank you. Thank you. It's all in the, <laughs> it's all in the hips. It's all in the hips. <laughs> If you would like to support us financially, you can do so on Buy Me a Coffee and leave us a one-time donation. You can also join our Patreon for as low as a dollar a month to get early ad-free access to our content. You can also represent us with our merch by either heading over to our Tee Public shop or to Redbubble. And on that note, as always, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Madison. And we'll see you next time with another tale. As old as crime. <laughs>